Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp, a Star Trek podcast. Join us on our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name's Jira, and thanks for tuning in. With me today is crew member Aliza. Hey, hey. And we are so thrilled to have special guest Melissa Navia, who plays Lieutenant Erica Ortegas in Strange New Worlds, with us for an interview. Before we dive in, our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month and get awesome rewards from thanks on social media up to silly watch along commentaries. And we do exclusive fun tracks. Um, We just did one last weekend where Sue and I and a special guest in Marie Siegel talked about the terrible Deep Space Nine episode Meridian and how it relates to the musical Brigadoon. And there was singing and it was bad, but I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Visit patreon.com slash women at warp. And if you're looking for podcast merch, you can check that out on our Tee Public store. And we are adding new designs all the time. That's at tpublic.com slash stores slash women at warp. Hello, Women at Warp listeners. Um, thanks for joining us today for a very special interview with our guest, Melissa Navia from Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. We are so excited to talk to you a bit more about Ortegas and the show and how you got involved in it. And I'll turn it over to Aliza for the first question. All right. I'm excited to know whether you were a fan of Star Trek before this role or was this brand new to you and how has that been either way? Sure. So uh, one of the great things about this franchise is it's one of those things where whether or not you were a fan before, um, you know, when and what level of fan, like we all know Star Trek, right? So I used to joke with my mom where she, you know, she used to love telling people, you know, what I was in or what, you know, what TV show her, her church friends could see me in. And I'd always be like, one day I'm going to book something that you just have to say the name and everyone will know what it is. And so Star Trek comes along and she's like, is this it? And I'm like, yep, all you have to say is Star Trek. Everyone will know. So um, so growing up, I mean, I watched The Next Generation for sure. I, I never considered myself a Trekkie. Um, that is completely different now. I now think in Star Trek, I like to say. Um, but uh, but definitely growing up, I was I knew The Next Generation. Uh, I always say that the opening uh, theme music was, was one of my favorites um, of all TV shows. And it is now in terms of the Star Trek world, second only to our theme song, which I think is pretty, pretty, pretty wonderful. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I knew Commander Riker, I knew uh, Captain Picard, I knew all of them. And uh, and then, you know, this role comes along and what kind of spoke to me more than the fact that it was Star Trek was the role itself. You know, the um, it was, m- my role was one of the few ones for the cast that the name on the breakdown, on the audition breakdown was, was Ortegas and that's what it ended up being. Um, other legacy characters, their names were hidden um, so that mm-hmm. nobody could know what was happening. And so what really kind of endeared me to the, to the show, to the role and to start was, was just how they described Erica. Um, and at the time when I went for the audition, it was kind of, it was like October, 2020. So it was like, we were in the midst of the pandemic and all the craziness and I was self-taping every week and I was just exhausted. So the fact that it was Star Trek really just kind of went over my head, which is probably a good thing. Cause I was thinking more just about the audition and the character. Um, and then, yeah, and then I booked it and you, I suddenly discovered that I had all of these Trekkies in my life. Like you realize that, you know, you have family members who are Trekkies and friends that you've known your whole life just start flipping out. And then even people who, who do not, you know, who do not consider themselves Trekkies or huge fans, like they know 
the Star Trek history. Like they know they're like, oh yeah, Captain Pike, he was the captain before Shatner. And I'm like, how do you, how do you know? <laughs> you know? Um, and so, so yeah, so definitely being a part of Strange New Worlds has, has kind of thrown me headfirst into the world of all of Star Trek from the beginning to now. And uh, so, yeah, now I'm like, I'm full fledged. I'm, I'm all in. And if I, if I was a fan before, I'm like a super fan now. Love it. Amazing. And can I ask, what were your first impressions of Lieutenant Ortegas when you were cast? Sure. So, um, so again, to that breakdown, like it just felt so much, uh, it felt so much like me in terms of a lot of the roles that I'd gone in for. Um, and so often I've, I was told throughout my very long career as a working actor, uh, that I still continue and I will always be a working actor. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I was told I'm a very specific type, you know, you have to meet a lot of people and you have to go in for a lot of things. And, you know, people, you know, casting directors don't know how to place you or where to place you. And here I was looking at this breakdown that to me was was me. And, uh, you know, she was one. Uh, she was a pilot. I am not a pilot, but I've played many pilots. Um, she was a soldier, a combat veteran. I've played many soldiers. Um, and she they had a thing in there about like she could crack a joke as well as she could handle a gun. I think I'm paraphrasing. Um, and so I have weapons training and martial arts training and, and I'm a stand up comedian. And um, and then she was also a Latina and they had it in the breakdown as Latinx. But I love that because uh, my background is Colombian. So I'm Colombian American. My parents are from Colombia um, and just the ability to, to play a character that also reflects my own history and my own. Um, my own background. I just kind of loved it. And I remember too that the, the writing was so good in that in that first audition piece. There was a second one I did for the producer session, but the writing was so good. It just felt really natural. Like I always say when the writing is good, the, our mm -hmm. job is, is made that much easier. Um, and so I just felt really uh, comfortable in the role immediately. Um, and that doesn't happen a lot. And then I remember waiting to find out if I booked it after the callback. And I just kept thinking, you know, if they want me, I'll get it. Um, mm. And there's a thing, you know, when in, in our industry and as actors, you're always like, when the right role comes along, it'll be yours. Like, you know, it's everyone talks about, you know, this industry is so much luck, but I think it's not so much luck as being prepared and being prepared for when those opportunities come. And so uh, just the fact that this role kind of came my way and that I was ready for it and that I had a team built around me that was kind of uh, just really ready to present me to to the casting directors and to the producers um kind of a kind of a, is a fairy tale in my head the way it worked um a very exhausting fairy tale <laughs> and so uh so when i booked it i was just kind of like i'm like great let's do it everyone's slipping on i'm like let's get to work guys like we have yeah. lots of work to do um but yeah i felt i fell in love with the character um and and one of the great things that producers uh did and continue to do and the writers as well is they allowed uh ourselves the actors inform the characters and that's mm. even the case with the legacy characters um we joked when we all got to toronto last year to start filming season one um that you know what if we'd all been a little bit like off you know we weren't right in the head you know and it's just like mm -hmm. they kind of, like, put put this huge responsibility on all of our shoulders they trusted us so much from essentially zoom meetings you know mm. Like, what if, like, we're all, like, not pleasant to be around? Um, <laughs> but that ended up to not be the case. Um, mm -hmm. We're all very much like our characters. Um, and then many, m many of our of 
our characteristics kind of are now part of, of what you see in Star Trek. And I think too, that's, it lends itself to what fans are reacting so well to, you know, that you can tell that we are really a crew um, mm -hmm. of people who genuinely like, trust each other and hang out together, even when we're not, you know, working and, you know, battling in space. That's so cool. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I really already love so much about Ortegas is her wit mm -hmm. and also like, this just like bare honesty that's kind of like <laughs> the wit kind of couches it but it's also like uh, I think your character is the only one so far that we've seen really actually kind of like stand up to Captain Pike in some ways yeah. <laughs> and just like be like are you sure about that like <laughs> yeah. let me yeah. be clear and I love that about you so I want to yeah. know like besides obviously the excellent writing is that something that's inside of you too as a person that is coming through in this character Totally. Um, I love, you know, one of the, the cool things about, because we just wrapped fin uh, shooting season two, um, but watching the world experience season one while we were shooting season two was such an interesting experience because we were seeing fans like pick up on all these nuances and, and kind of things that our characters regularly do that we might not have really uh, been aware of. And one thing um, I kept seeing on Twitter was everyone saying, you know, like Pike calls Ortega's Erica like mm -hmm. multiple times and like mm -hmm. loving that and and I was just like yeah I guess I guess he does and and we didn't I didn't at least think too much about it because it was more along the lines of you know it's it's a captain who really trusts his helmsman and vice versa and going into it like you know I not only look at it as as Captain Pike but you know going into the show I was looking at it as Anson Mount you know and Rebecca Romain mm -hmm. and Pack, and I was so grateful and kind of relieved to have three people kind of leading the show um, who had already kind of done it right in their roles in discovery and the fact that I knew fans loved them and loved their portrayal. So we were all a little bit like kind of relaxed and like, all right, we mm -hmm. we're, we're being led by, by three wonderful people who've done this before. Um, but getting to be on the bridge with Anson, he's just so wonderful as an actor. Like you guys saw, I mean, the man has such range and then he had, mm -hmm. he pulls out of nowhere, like, episode eight, the fantasy episode. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> the first time on the bridge after we finished shooting eight. So the first time on the bridge with Anson, like back as like Captain Pike and me at the helm. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I just spent two weeks just like totally like just yelling at him. <laughs> uh, and, um, but he's such a wonderful captain. We have this great camaraderie as actors and then also as the characters and the way that I very much saw it and and the way that I discussed it with producers is that Erica is very good at her job she's a highly skilled competent pilot um and I love that and I've I've had the wonderful pleasure of, of getting a number of roles in my career that are roles like that um and I, I realized that that's that's a blessing as well because I, I know that that as a woman um, a lot of times the roles that are out there for us are not nuanced and intelligent and layered and human, um, but are very two dimensional. And so for whatever reason, um, that specific type and the difficult, the difficulties casting me because they can't fit me in has for some reason, I haven't gotten, you know, tons of auditions, but when I get auditions, they seem to be for like these cool, um, cool uh, characters and these awesome, awesome roles. So here you have a pilot who's very confident and I feel that that when you are very good at your job, it doesn't matter what job you're in, like we all see this, we all know it. Like when you are good at your job, there's this comfort level that allows you to, you know, to 
to joke and to and to kind of um, play with your coworkers in a way that if it's authentic, right, if it's genuine, they appreciate it because they mm-hmm. trust you enough to know that you know when to joke and you know when to be serious. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was embedded right in the writing. Um, and so you see that with Pike and Ortegas where where they can be sometimes not super official, you know, um, and some people might take it as, you know, she's being flippant or she's not taking something seriously. Um, but what I found is, and also I've absolutely just gone, you know, I've, I've been really loving all the social media because it's such a wonderful way to, to interact with fans. And I know everyone keeps reminding me, they're like, remember, you know, Twitter can become this and Instagram can become that. And I'm like, I've been around long enough. Um, but mm-hmm. it's taking me, taken me a long time to, to get a role like this where I have a platform and, mm. and, I, and I am a storyteller and I do operate best with words. So for me, Twitter has been really wonderful because I'm able to mm. communicate with fans. Um, and I find Twitter to be a lot like life, right? Like you kind of, you are who you surround yourself with, you know, mm. So mm. go on social media. Everyone's like, it's all horrible. Everyone's horrible. And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of have a different experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody is horrible, then you block them and you move on, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. But from hearing from everybody, it's, uh, you know, sometimes I'd hear from, from some people and they'd be like, oh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, it's not realistic, you know, they should, you know, Captain Pike would, would demote her if, if somebody spoke to him like that. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, and so there's a little bit like, you know, like when you go like, hmm, there's something <laughs> going on with this comment. And yeah, think- what's, what's in their mind for them to think that and feel that, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And- and so I never, I always try to be very like reasonable, rational. I never try to jump to conclusions, but it kind of comes off as, as misogynistic mm-hmm. because kind of yeah. see like if it was a, if it was a male pilot, right. Um, uh-huh. And tons of movies and TV shows. And yeah. And in Star Trek, we've seen yeah, that male pilot yeah, be that yeah. way. Like yeah. literally. That, and nobody questioned, like, I remember seeing one tweet where the guy was just like, you know, she needs to be something, something like I'm totally paraphrasing. Because, and none of like, none of, and there's very few, right? It's very, very few in comparison. Mm-hmm. To wonderful. But, but the few ones, you know, it's important to, I, I, I kind of take them to kind of like as a learning lesson, right? None of them. Yeah. Really, I want fans to know. It's just like, don't let trolls ruin you to your day. They don't, mm. don't touch mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but just mm. kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a teaching moment. And somebody was like, oh, she needs to be put in her place or something. Oh, that geez. was very, <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> And so I started to say, I was like, how interesting. And I never considered it before, but I'm like, it definitely kind of reeks of, of a misogyny that yeah. is just like this, this woman should not be speaking in this way. Um, and so I kind of, I double down and I'm just like, I'm like, if anything, I'm like, and I also know Ortega's background and you're going to see a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. In um, but she has mm-hmm. a background as a soldier. She knows life and death situations. She knows tragedy. Uh, she knows that, you know, what they're doing is not, you know, is not your run of the mill job. So tomorrow could be your last day. Uh, today mm. could be your last day. So, and she kind of uh, has this gallows humor and this ability to kind of joke and find find the humor in a moment that, that maybe you wouldn't be able to find and then get to work and get the job done. Um, and then there was a, a time, you know, a few weeks ago on Twitter where I kind of said something to that effect. And what I ended up getting back was just this wonderful, uh, just flood of feedback from soldiers, you know, EMTs, doctors, all these people who work in life and death situations. And they were like, Ortegas is us. Like mm-hmm. she's, mm-hmm. 
my partner when we're on the job. I just uh, heard from somebody and he was just like, he's like, I've, I think he said like that he's, he's driven submarines for like X number of years. And he's just like, Ortegas feels like the most authentic. He's like in a cast of everyone being excellent, like feels authentically like a crew member. Um, and for me playing a soldier, playing, uh, you know, somebody in, in a, in a branch of, of military, of the military. And because I've played those roles so often, it is the most important to me that people who actually uh, exist in those jobs look at me and I'm, I'm representing them well. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, so when I see her rapport with, with Pike, I'm like, to me, it rings very true because of the writing, because of how I'm playing it, because of what I know um, and the research that I've done. Um, I remember I, I watched some Marine films to get ready for episode four. Mm -hmm. Um, where we were, we were kind of being hunted by the Gorn. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I absolutely love, love the rapport with Pike and, uh, she looks up to him and she's also, I mean, oh, guys, if you were like on the bridge with me and like when Anson says certain things, he doesn't even realize it. He says certain things and you're just kind of like, you're like, ha, ah, like he has just this, this <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd ever tell him that in person, but I'm telling you guys. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, I I want to go back to the uh, yeah. Well, actually, it's still the same topic about your rapport with uh, with Anson, but also like or, uh, Ortega's rapport with Captain Pike. And I have a question that maybe is a little more personal because I'm also of Latin descent, and oh. I recognize I'm also I'm African American and of Latin descent. So like I recognize culturally some things about Ortega's that I think are not maybe obvious to a lot of people, but I don't want to lay that on the character. So I wanted to hear from you. Do you feel like there are cult things culturally that are within Ortega's and the way she responds to Captain Pike? Totally. I love that question. Cause I don't think I've gotten it before. Um, definitely. I think in terms of like, for me, it's, it's absolutely the fact that she's Latina is, is a part of her. Um, and even though we don't see necessarily uh in any like overt way we don't see that in season one unless like perhaps like you're latina and you see certain things like i find her to be very much like me like i say things like they are and if yeah. somebody has an issue with it um that's their issue not mine <laughs> oh my god yes that's what i was seeing right <laughs> uh they have it yeah exactly that's exactly it um and he understands that in a way that I, I find uh, I didn't re I didn't really think everybody was going to pick up on it as much as they have, mm. um, because we have like, you know, we have relatively we have, you know, small moments together com compared to the rest of the episode. Like, I love all the fans that I love them all. They're all like, you know, if we don't get an Ortega's episode, we will revolt. And I'm just like, I everybody to calm it down. <laughs> no. You can ask Jarrah. I kind of said the same thing last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I totally hear you. I'm like, but I've, so much of my career has been like, you know, being patient and then having mm -hmm. something patient. So, so I'm like, every episode, I feel like we're seeing a new layer of her. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. I said, you saw the finale. And so we, this is coming up, but I love the finale because for all sorts of reasons and, and, you know, how it touches on TOS uh, mm -hmm. in this, a really striking way but also how we get to see an alternate universe version of of pike and ortegas and where she gets to like it's it's not funny anymore and mm -hmm. it's like questions his his style of command um and as an actor it was great because you got to see a different a different side of what i can do um and you get to see us you get to see an ortegas that you don't really want to 
you don't want. You're like, ah, I miss mm. it. But at the same time, she she's coming from a background where, you know, she's had friends who have died at the hands of the Romulans, you know? And so, so there's just so many layers uh, in that finale that, you know, we could discuss forever. Um, but that was kind of what, what the producers got across to me. And, and, and uh, something that I layered in was just how Ortegas really liked um, uh, Kirk's approach versus Pike's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know how much of that ends up, you end up seeing on the screen, but that very much was something that I didn't go into it wanting to do. But mm-hmm. when we were on the bridge and we were shooting the scenes, like it was just like, you know, my anger toward Pike and his reluctance to do anything with the Romulans just naturally made me kind of be like, Kirk gets it. Um, mm. but yeah, that's also one of the things, the beautiful things about the bridge scenes is that they take forever and we're on the bridge so long that you can like, you, I come to just these real euphoric conclusions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> day. Um, you yeah. have a lot of time to like, just sit and think about stuff on bridge days. Oh my God. Yeah. Back to our chairs. And then I'm like, oh, I could have done like that. Then you come back, you do it differently. And then you cut. So it's like bridge days are just, it's so fun. Cause they're the, they're the heart of Star Trek. But sometimes for us, like the bridge days just go on and on. Mm-hmm. And on. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Cause you go and you're like, we're on the bridge at the enterprise or like, you know, you can't complain, but but they are, they are exhausting. So I hope that in season one, all of our work has, has made it, made it worth the long, long hours. I Mm. think it has. Well, on our end, it has (laughs) for us, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I like um, that point about, um, you know, this other Ortegas that we see in the finale. And I think that, you know, even though there wasn't an Ortegas centric episode that like you can really, like you said, see those layers and the development of the character over the season. And um, it was interesting that, um, you know, uh, her position as kind of backing up Kirk's thing to me that makes total sense given that background um and then it also was kind of switching places a bit with laon who has kind Mm. of you know changed in a different way over that time um so i thought it was a really interesting dynamic to explore but it was still very consistent with where you could expect people to be in this different scenario absolutely absolutely yeah and it was um yeah it was just one of those things too where even like the like I'm trying to get been a bit since I've seen the episode, but even lighting wise, like just everything about mm-hmm. it uh, from, from just a, the, the way that we kind of made the alternate universe, um, it all lent itself to the, to the performances. And so when I, when I saw it on screen, I've, I've only seen the episode once, um, but I was just like, yeah, I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. I hope fans uh, appreciate it as much as we, we were just really uh, ecstatic to work on it. Did you have a favorite episode in season one that you worked on? Oh my goodness. Um, or favorite, favorite scene overall? Sure. So I'll say, um, I mean, I loved, I loved in the pilot that they put me in the captain's chair. Yep. Um, that, um, and I have a, one of my brother-in-laws is a huge Trekkie and he just, you know, he was just over the moon. Um, and he, you know, when he, when he kind of like gives me his review of like every episode, like he's been watching star trek for i think since forever so i'm gonna i'm gonna say for you know almost five decades and he's just like this is this is the star trek he's like this is the one that we're all waiting for forever and you guys mm-hmm. that to me oh makes me feel so so happy but even in that scene like where i'm in the captain's chair and um what i love about uh what i love about this franchise is that the fans really are just they create the stories in a way that i wasn't even really i never considered um mm-hmm for being part of the show 
But like, for example, I'm in the captain's chair and I have that line like, oh, God, always in the captain's chair. Mm-hmm. And I really at the time think much about it other than like, oh, God, here's something else happening. And the amount of, of people who are just like, we want to know what else has happened. Mm-hmm. My Ortegas has been in the captain's chair. <laughs> they're all like and of course fan fiction in this franchise is is huge um and we appreciate it so much and so just all the stories that have kind of um been offshoots of the little that you have gotten of ortegas every episode um has they've all been a joy to kind of hear about as i hear about it from other cast members from other people um and so i'm loving that and if anything i'm happy to be a character that people want to see more of and not like oh god you know You know, um, but I'll say definitely my favorite had to be it had to be episode eight mm-hmm. um, because not only was I in a lot of it, um, but I got to be a knight to to Babs, you know, yeah. to, to Mbenga. And it was just he is so wonderful on every level. And he's probably uh, along with Jess, who plays Chapel, like I, I get to spend the least time with them mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. days with us. So mm-hmm. um, the great thing about episode eight is that. Uh, you know, we we all heard about the episode in the months prior to shooting it. So I had seen the drawing of Sir Adia and I was just like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was like, that sword. I'm going to have like the coolest leather leather coat. And I'm going to, you know, be, I'm going to be sword fighting. And but we didn't have a story. And so mm-hmm. my sword fighting and we were all like whispering about, you know, what we thought it was going to be. And uh, maybe at the week, the week before, like we got. I remember, I think I was in the hair trailer with Babs when like when, when like somebody in, or the makeup trailer, one of the trailers, when somebody was just like, oh, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very Babs heavy episode. And I remember Babs being like, what? <laughs> I knew that it was going to be heavy with me too. So I'm like, what are we going to, what are we going to do? And um, so to be able to, to spend that much time working with Babs and also just being in this wonderful role that again, was mm-hmm. was another aspect of of Ortegas, and it was a, mm-hmm. a that that um that a child had envisioned, had created out of her own story, which I think mm-hmm. is so um it it kind it falls in line so much of what fans do with Star Trek, right? We see mm-hmm. a story, make our own story out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I got to sword fight in space, like just you know, like <laughs> who gets to do that? Um, but just getting to play with everybody, um, it was also the most time that I got to spend with Bruce, who played Hemmer. Um, mm-hmm. And I always joked with Bruce that, you know, for all the entire season, I never saw Bruce as Bruce um, because mm-hmm. it took long to get into all the aesthetics. Um, so really the first time I got to like see and speak to Bruce as Bruce was at the New York City premiere. Um, wow. But yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely Strange New Worlds goes Ren- Renaissance Fair. Yes, <laughs> it definitely was like LARPing, like definitely just gave me so many feels as a nerd who cosplays. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the costumes all season have been absolutely killer, but that was a particularly fun one. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned uh, Nurse Chapel, and you do have that scene where you go on vacation and you're kind of around the same place on shore leave. Um, and there's also the scene early on where you prank Uhura, which is very fun. Um, <laughs> do you think like Ortegas is friends with everyone on the ship is is there like any kind of person that doesn't like Ortegas is she like best friends with someone yeah so it's so funny so one of the first things that producers uh uh producers told me the show our showrunners in particular they were just like Ortegas is kind of the the person that you want to go and get a drink with you know she has been through through grief and she has been through battle and she has lost a lot of people but she she 
carries it differently than La'an, which is true to life, right? So all of us carry our grief and our tragedy and our backstories differently. And so her way of coping with it, um, she's taken a different path uh, mm -hmm. on. And so I love that about her. Um, but this idea too that, and I think this is also what, what fans have been kind of craving and and what what I think they're falling in love with so much about, about our show is, is that you see us kind of interacting in different ways than necessarily who we would with on the job. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so what I've gotten, and what I've gotten from a lot of people too is like that Ortegas is, is like the audience on mm. the bridge, on the enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't even considered that until everyone started saying it. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, Ortega says what we're thinking. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh. Yep. I totally see that now. And, um, and so, yeah, so I would say that she gets along with everyone, but she's not, um, and again, I'm speaking also kind of as myself, but like she gets along with everybody because it's not worth the energy mm. to not get along with people. And if mm -hmm. she doesn't get along with people, then she's just not going to be around those people. And so you'll never see a scene about it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but we'll, I'll say as kind of like a, you know, a little bit of like, you know, teasing in season two, you'll see that, you know, when there is somebody who she does not like, you know, there is, it's a, it's a, there's really purpose behind it. And it's, mm -hmm. and, and she, and she is very principled and, you know, as much as she can joke around and she can be, you know, she can hang out with everybody, you know, when she has something that, that really does not, um, does not gel with who she is or what she believes in, she's going to take a stand for it. And, and you're going to see what happens, you know, when she, when she comes in, in contact with a person um, who does not stand for what she stands for. And so I think in that mm. way, I like her. Ooh, I'm excited to to see that in season two. <laughs> and I hope um, that's like, definitely, that's definitely like big enough that that's not a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm also curious uh, if we are going to, at some point, do you think we're going to see you on the convention circuit? Oh, totally. I would, <laughs> I would love to like see you guys, uh, you know, for sure. Um, I know, I don't even know, like I know we do, we're going to do comic cons. I'm so like, mm -hmm. all of very new to me. Um, but I would love to, because again, this is like, not only did I, I get this wonderful role that kind of was a culmination of, of all the roles that I've wanted, you know, in my career. And mm -hmm. not only did I get in this, the world of Star Trek where, where everything is possible, you know, it really is right. Like you can be, you know, you can be a, you can be a knight, you know, mm -hmm. and you can, a space pilot and you can also go and fight you know uh monsters on another planet it could be a horror show or it could be this it could be that um and so the fans also speak to that right so we have just this incredible fandom um and even like before anyone even saw episode one like kind of the that warmth and that sense of family was there and um and i know how much this show means for a lot of people i've also like i've been dealing with with my own grief in the last six months and so hearing from a lot of fans about how Star Trek for them has been, has been something that they've turned to in, in hours of darkness without, you know, sounding dramatic, but it is dramatic. Um, like you can say, you know, there are people who are just like, oh, you know, we're just, we're just telling stories. But for me, it's, it's never that. And I think, I think part of it is because I've, I've worked so long and so hard to kind of get to a point where I can, I can do what I love doing and, and get paid for it. Um, mm -hmm at a level that I can like kind of live a life. Um, I, I, I've struggled so much to be able to tell stories. I'm like, for me, telling stories is not just, is, is not a silly thing, you know, mm -hmm. it's mean mm -hmm. everything to a lot of people. And I think we saw that in the last 
two, three years, you know, our world has been through everything. And, and in, in the midst of everything, what did people keep turning to? They kept turning mm-hmm. to um, yep. when Strange New Worlds was announced. Uh, like I remember when it was announced and I had nothing, I had nothing to do with it. Um, people just got very excited. They were just like, here's this really hopeful thing that is somehow something from the, the past and yet something that can kind of, you know, look toward a brighter future. Um, you know, there are people who say, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's not realistic because look at all the, look at all the nonsense that we're currently dealing with. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it all the time. I would like to tune in for an hour every mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and see that that exists, but see that, see what can exist when we are better versions of ourselves. Um, and so what I've seen from the fans is just how much Star Trek means to them and has meant to them for some of them for the, for their lives. Um, and when they they watch Star Trek, they think of family members, friends who have passed, who love Star Trek, who watched it with them. <clears throat> it's helped them get through really difficult times in their lives. And so um, I get messages all the time. And, and, you know, this can be something that, you know, anybody watching, anybody listening to this can, can hear, like I get messages and I, I cannot respond to everything, but I the trust that I get them. Um, I'm like, a, I'm, I love reading things. So if you're sending me wonderful, beautiful things, especially about grief, especially about um, kind of what you're reading about me, like I, I read it and it, it touches me, touches me, it touches me deeply and it, it, it influences how I move forward, not just as me, but as Ortegas. And so thank you for that. Um, but so, yeah, so all, all this time I've been communicating with fans online and I've been, you know, communicating, you know, with fans in person when I meet them and I'm, I would love, love, love to go to conventions and you guys will see me there. And uh, hopefully I am, hopefully I am everything you thought I would be in person. I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of boring, but sometimes I, <laughs> no, I just, you guys teach me at conventions, how this all works <laughs> and I'll be there. Uh, so hydrate and comfy shoes. wear comfortable shoes, awesome. <laughs> uh, have boundaries which i'm sure you will and you'll have help with that with maybe yeah. hopefully have people with you there uh those oh. are my top three <laughs> i think in life those are good things hydrate <laughs> yeah have snacks comfortable also. shoes oh yeah. have snacks yeah and boundaries mm-hmm. so top four awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> so um, lisa do you have any more questions no, oh, I feel like this has been so great, Melissa, to talk to you and to just mm-hmm. hear your your perspective on life and the show and your character and being an actor. And so thank you so much for your time and for chatting yeah. with us. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for having me and, and thank you for doing what you do because these podcasts really are the ones that, you know, that fans listen to. And, and, I'm, and I'm always happy to be able to share whatever's in my head. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I'm glad I loved what you've seen so far. And I've said it already. I've been saying it for the last few weeks, but I can't wait for you guys to see season two. Cause if you love season one, it was, Oh, I just, I, yeah, it's just, it's going to, it's going to be something like you have never seen before. I'll just say that. So excited. Wow. Amazing. And that's about all the time we have for today. Elisa, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Elisa Pearl on Twitter and Instagram, A-L-I-Z-A Pearl. Awesome. And I'm Jara and you can find me at Jara Penguin on Twitter. That's J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin. To learn more about our show or to contact us, visit womenatwarp.com, email us at crew at womenatwarp.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Women at Warp. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 